Welcome back. Episode 10 of the NSFW Dynasty podcast, guys. 10 of them. Can you believe it, BJ? 10 and a half. 10 and a half. Technically we, 11. We don't count the drunk cast as much because it was kind of a shit show. But and We've had a couple that were shit shows. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm Mitch Prestine. With me today, my co-host, BJ Cole. Hey, guys. You already heard him talk, but um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the draft today. Big old draft yes. recapper. Yes. So in the draft, a lot of values changed. Mainly yeah. for the worst. <laughs> there wasn't a so. whole lot for good. Uh, we're going to hit our headlines first, and then we're going to get into team-by-team team draft talk. They're offensive players for the most part. Yep. Um, headlines are not going to get in-depth as what we usually do because we have a lot to go over today in a short amount of time. Um, and then by in the team-by-team, team, if there's – we cut out a couple middle-tier guys just because we want to talk about the main guys that we have been talking about and a couple sleepers that we think are – going to be happening with this draft status. so And then a lot of just your normal first-rounders or previous first-rounders. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get right into it. Yeah, we'll get right into it. NFL headlines. First, the Ravens stole Willie Sneed from the Saints, adding to their wide receiver core. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Definitely has depth. All right. Next, Dez turned down a multi-year deal with the Ravens. Must be why they went after Willie. <laughs> Probably is why. I don't blame him for turning it down either. Uh, this is a bigger one. Martavis Bryant was traded to the Raiders for a third-round pick. Yes, I believe it was a third-round pick. Yeah, I may have been wrong. put sixth in here. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's I think wrong. that really raises his value. Yeah, um, it definitely is going towards the field that Jordy's going to be in the slot. Yeah, I think that as well. Yeah. Uh, Jason Witten retired. Granted, uh, Jason Garrett's trying to convince him to come back. He's not coming back. ESPN offered double what he's making with the Cowboys. Yeah. So, see, uh, kind of fucked him over, but. Oh, well. He was getting old anyways. Yeah. He's probably ready to move on. And the Cowboys aren't anywhere close from winning a championship, so it was a good time to. Yep. Tavon Austin traded to the Cowboys for a six-round draft pick. Yes, this is interesting because we thought it would add on to his wide receiver, on their wide receiver core, but reports are that they're going to mainly use him at running back, so I want to kind of see how this all pans out. Yeah, I, I still bet he gets some work as a he's, wide receiver. He's going to be a gadget with Zeke guy. there, I don't see a whole lot of snaps being taken away with him in the backfield. Yeah, he's going to be a gadget guy for sure. And then another fucking Cowboy trade. The Cowboys traded Ryan Switzer to the Raiders for defensive tackle Jihad Ward. Yep, they're kind of in real rebuild mode. Switzer was surprising because they just drafted him. But they got Tavon Austin. They kind of do the same thing. Yeah. So I get it. All right, so let's hop right into the NFL draft, our initial takes. What was your initial take? Yeah, um, this draft was weird. There was a couple of coveted guys in this draft that really their value took a hit. Guy like everybody was high on, kind of like a John Kelly, really liked his running style, but he ended up going to the Rams, which with Todd Gurley playing in front of him, kills him. And so now he's mainly the target for Todd Gurley owners as a premier we'll get more into backup. John Kelly's yeah. value in a little bit. But you also have guys like Kirion Johnson, Gasecki, and Gallup that also landed in really good positions and then therefore shot up their yeah. draft stock. Basically, when this draft happened, I was hoping I was uh, just dreaming that it happened and they could go back and redo it, except for for the Packers' sake because I liked their draft. Yeah, but the Packers had a great draft. Most so. of these <laughs> other guys, I was like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, for fantasy, this is kind of a shit show. So, so I think everybody's kind of going back to 
the drawing board here and seeing where everybody falls. Yeah, I think this is going to really change a lot of values. Yes, like we started our our post at NFL Mock Drafts and I took the third pick and I had a hard time choosing if I wanted Chubb or a guy that's going to get a lot of workload right away. So I had the second. I still rolled with Geis. I mean, you kind of have to, but we'll get into that later. All right, uh, let's start with the Niners. Dante Pettis. Yes, um... I believe that they took him too early. I understand why they took him. They need wide receiver help. Uh, I think he kind of is going to fit into the slot role here. Uh, I don't know really what kind of impact that he's going to make either one, but the potential's there. I always like the guy, and for him going to a team that needs wide receiver help, I think it'll work out for him. Um, I don't know in our rookie drafts where I would take him. He does have high potential, but I was kind of he didn't do the combine really, and he had really a really good pro day. So it's it's kind of hard to gauge there. Um, I guess I would end up taking him in the middle of the third, and I would be happy. Uh, with I'd it. probably settle somewhere mid second. Okay, but only because we both agreed we liked Pettis as a prospect. He showed out at Washington. He was pretty solid. And going to the Niners, I think he'll get some early playing time. They don't have a whole lot there. Yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about uh, Trent Taylor. I know he's not your high name wide receiver, but he was getting a good rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo. So yeah. we're going to have to see how it all pans out. All right. Then another guy that went there, Richie James out of Middle Tennessee State. This is another slot guy, so yeah. I don't really know what's going Just on. Just loading up on the slot guys. I think they're fine with the guys that they have outside. All right. Um, any fantasy winners or losers on the Niners because of this? I actually think that uh, Pierre Garcon is the biggest winner of all these guys. Yep. Even coming back from his injury last year, that pretty much ruined what was going to be a productive year. They didn't take anybody to kind of phase him out on the outside. So he's going to be that guy for this year and into the future yet, depending on what they do on I the next draft. I could see Pettis moving to the outside, but I think to start, he'll start. Yeah, I don't I don't see Pettis as being a threat for Garcon, Garcon's role until maybe next year or year three. Yeah. And then uh, biggest loser, I went with uh, the same as you, Trent Taylor. Yeah, drafted two slot guys basically. Even though I think Pettis is a hybrid. Yeah, when you draft two slot guys or two guys that can play in the spot, sp- slot, the spot, <laughs> the slot, the spot, you slot. know that the front office is not sold on the player in the slot. So, I've, obviously, Trent Taylor took a huge hit here. I know I was high on him. I own him in one league. I wasn't high on him, but he was a good sleeper pick for me. So I'm gonna second guess his spot on my roster there. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals. Uh, I think one of our favorite landing spots for anyone in this whole draft is Josh Rosen going to them. Yeah, I love Josh Rosen here. Uh, Like I said in an earlier podcast, he needed to go somewhere where he could sit and kind of mature a little bit. He was kind of that cocky guy, kind of like Aaron Rodgers was. Still is a little cocky. Yeah, (laughs) kind of like what Aaron Rodgers was when he came out. But... Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brad Favre and he really matured through that time. I think you'll get the same role here with up sitting under Sam Bradford. Granted, he his injury history. Six yeah, games. He may still end up playing this year. Um, this guy is a pure passer. I can't get, say that enough. I think with Larry Fitz and now they have time to add more weapons around him as he develops. He's Nothing but good signs for him. Yeah, um, that's kind of what I hit on here. I yeah. can't believe first. I can't believe he was the fourth quarterback taken. Like Josh Allen should not have went over him. Yeah, exactly. Just that was surprising. Easy. And he gets a solid Larry Fitz and a great running back like David Johnson. And hope that they get him some more weapons 
by the time he's full time starting next year. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm sitting in a good quarterback position, I'm looking for potential here. I wouldn't be scared to draft this guy in high end round three in a one QB league because the potential is all there for him. He has time for them to build a team around him. So say you're in a super flex. Is he your first quarterback off the board? No, no. No, I'm going to still go Mayfield. Dictate. He has, he has more weapons around him, yeah. Yeah, he's got every weapon around him. Yeah. I love that spot for him. But we'll get on you, that later. I think Josh Rosen would be my second quarterback second. off. All right. Uh, next guy, Christian Kirk, wide receiver at A&M. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Christian Kirk, um, but the Cards really needed wide receiver depth. And like I said, they want to build something around him. And part of that is by taking – wide receivers. Now, Christian Kirk is a good wide receiver, and I think it kind of plays into what they like to do in Arizona. So I get I get the pick, and I'm not a huge fan of him, but we'll see what happens, especially with a good quarterback. He always makes people look better. And with Larry Fitz potentially retiring this year, yep. after this year, maybe that boosts Kirk's stock for next year with Rosen having a slot guy to throw to. Yep. Even with all that, I still wouldn't see me taking Kirk until like the mid of the mid round second. Well, then you're probably not going to get him on. I know. I don't, I don't like him, but that's why I'm saying it. Yeah. Like, like you said, I'm not the biggest fan of Kirk. Don't see him getting a lot of playing time till at least year two. Yeah. Me either. All right, uh, Chase Edmonds, running back out of Fordham, your boy. Yeah, at first I really hated the spot, but then I realized he's yeah, coming I know. from. I was with you on draft, and you're like, God fucking damn it! <laughs> yeah, I I realized that he is a project. He went to a small school. He had the, all the raw ability is there for him. He needs just needs time to develop and under a system and get used to the NFL speed. There's no better spot to do that than under David Johnson and, in Arizona. Yeah, him being a pass catching back, he can learn a lot from David Johnson. Yep. And that's that's not saying that he won't get some type of role down there because I do suspect him trying to take a little bit more pressure off David Johnson. Or give him so, breathers at least. Yeah, so I think that he'll get some playing time, but it won't be enough year one to be a real impact for anybody. Yeah, I agree. Um, I um, put a lot of the same stuff in mind, so I'll yeah. we'll just leave it at that. But anyways... If I had a taxi squad with this guy, I definitely would still be aiming for him in the fifth. Yeah. Because his, yeah. his stock did take a huge hit going there, so he's not going to be a high-round pick, but he's definitely a guy to stash and kind of hope and pray. I could see early fifth. I might even reach late fourth if I didn't have a fifth and I was looking for a guy like it. A high-potential yeah, guy. Yeah, a high-potential guy. So your winners and losers on the cards. All right. I think my winner... Here is obviously all future wide receivers that are going there because they know what they – well, they don't know what they have, but they know they have a high-potential quarterback there, a pure passer, a guy that will get them the ball. So I think this will become a, a place where you'll see veteran wide receivers wanting to go to and really help them build that team around Josh Rosen. Yeah. Um my winner for the Cardinals is the Cardinals for getting themselves a future quarterback. Yep. Uh, no one really knew how they were going to do it because they're down kind of decently low in the draft and they're all supposed to be gone. But they ended up, Josh Rosen fell far enough where they felt that they could trade up and not give up. On and they leg for snuck they up right it. in front of the Dolphins thinking the Dolphins may snag them too. Which the Dolphins probably would have because it would have been the smart pick. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Chi-Town Bears. The Bears still suck. Yeah, these bums. Uh, they did draft a guy I really like, though, Anthony Miller, wide receiver out of Memphis. 
Yeah, um, Anthony Miller, I think, should slide right into the second wide receiver role there. He's playing alongside Allen Robinson. So uh, his potential is really there and is really good for this year. They just keep on giving Trubisky more weapons. Um, so I don't – we all know Kevin White's going to get hurt. That's his own only real competition there. So I really like him going into this season. Uh, I just don't know. Would you take him in the late first? If you, he's I, I like him, he's so I think I'll take him in the late first. He's definitely borderline. He's a, probably like your 11th pick is as early as you can take yeah. him. For all the wide receivers here, this is one of the better spots for him to go to. Like out of all the wide receivers that are taking he a young guy, not spot. forced to be the number one guy, but still have a starting role. Yes. Yeah. Um, I really liked Anthony Miller coming to the draft. I had him ranked as my number five wide receiver for fantasy. And he landed a great spot, and I could see him being viable year one right off the bat. Yeah, I definitely think he's going to be a year one starter. And he's going to do good because a lot of the focus is going to be on A-Rob. So he's going to be open. He's also a little older of a guy. I want to say he's 23. So he's ready to play right now. Yeah, ready to go right out of the gate. And then another guy they drafted was a wide receiver, Javon Wims, out of Georgia. Yep, really just trying to strengthen their wide receiver core with that pick. Yep. Uh, So who, once again, winners and losers for the Bears? Uh, Yeah, obviously, Mitch Trubisky is the biggest winner here. They just keep on adding those weapons around him so that he really cannot fail. He is a good quarterback. He's proved it at the end of last year that he is a, not good, but a viable quarterback that we've seen at as least. As long as they let him throw more than seven yeah. passes in a game. He is a viable quarterback, so you add those weapons around him, and this should be a big step in his in his progress this year. So yeah. you'll see what if happens. If he fails this year, I don't it's think gonna he's going to be a scary time. quarterback. Yeah. They added so, much, so many weapons around him that he has to have a good year this year. Yeah. So I also believe it helps Trubisky out, but I also think it hurts Kevin White if he had any value already. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Taylor Gabriel, slight bump down. Yeah. Well, Taylor Gabriel is kind of like that fast slot guy. Yeah, but I but, think it just takes targets away from Yeah, it, it That's does. That's why I put him on there. It does. With Kevin White, if you still own him, you're just kind of – Hanging on to him, and you're praying to the football gods at this point. So it doesn't matter who they brought in. Yeah. All right. We will move on to the Bengals now. Mark Walton, running back out of Miami. Yeah, another guy that was high on coming into the draft. I liked his playing style, but I hate the draft spot for him. He goes in in a year that they said Joe Mixon was going to be the bell cow back. That's one tick. And then they already have almost the exact same back in Giovanni Bernard there. That's two pick ticks in the bad, in the wrong direction. Yeah, that really doesn't help his value. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, He's basically stuck as just a guy on their roster, a body, until Gio's contract is up. Or someone gets hurt. He's not going to see playing time until someone gets hurt. And Gio's contract isn't up until the 2020 season. He'll be a free agent for yeah. 2020. So that's that's not good. That's a long ways off, I guess. The only way I'm thinking about taking right now is if I have a st- taxi squad and then I'm going to use a late round flyer on them to put them on and see what happens. Because maybe there, I don't know the layout of Geo's contract, but maybe there's an out where they can get out of it this year. And then he has a little bit of value. Just set it up. Let's see. In 2019, his dead cap would only be $750,000. 
There you go. So maybe, maybe. So maybe, just- maybe if he shows enough in camp and throughout the season, they decide to cut ties with Gio, send him out to the free agent market. It's worth that spot on your taxi squad because Mark Walton is a really good running back. Yeah, and if they were to keep him, he's owed four and a half million. So I could see him getting out of that contract and paying a guy like Walton with a fourth round contract. And like I Not said, almost a lot of money. Almost the same exact running back, but Walton's a little bit bigger. Yeah, their styles are quite similar. Yeah. All right, another guy they drafted, Auden Tate, the guy we were shitting on hard. Yeah, I kind of laughed when they make this pick because they seem like they went from the fastest guy at the combine. Straight Last down to the bottom to the lowest guy at the combine. So it's kind of kind of ironic that they took him. But really, I think this is a good spot for Auden Tate. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, just because, again, they have A.J. Green. But other than A.J. Green, that's pretty much about it. You have John Ross, but you don't know what John Ross is going to do. But... I think he can go in there and may take a year and learn from AJ Green, learn how to use his size, and he could, in the long run, be a productive wide receiver for a fantasy team. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could end up getting some red zone targets sometime in his career, catching a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna. He may be a chain mover, but he's not gonna do much back for you. Yeah, he's definitely not a burner. Have you seen that forty? <laughs> um, but Pro even a, what a four seven seven, I think it was, yeah. and it's supposed to get better at the pro day, guys. Yeah, so, um, but even with that good landing spot, I still don't think I'm going to draft him. No, I mean, he may not get drafted, and you may be able to scoop him up. Granted, that's if you have big enough for rosters, or if someone drafts him and they're not patient, then I think you make your move. But don't waste your draft capital on this guy. I mean, unless you got maybe like. 13 draft picks and you have a yeah then you can afford to do it (laughs) but so winners losers for the Bengals um I don't think there's any real winners here but the biggest loser I think is Mark Walton because he did have a good amount of potential going into everything and I think he just hung around long enough in that draft where a team was going to make this pick, put him in a shitty spot for their long-term future. Well, with how some of these running backs got drafted, he actually got drafted fairly high. Yeah, but some of them, which you kinda, get, I don't when, know. I just don't get it. Once you get in the is. fourth, fifth round, that's when people don't look for the now, then they look towards the future. So I, like I said, I think the Bengals took this pick looking for four to 2019 rather than this year. Geo's replacement. Yes. All right. Um, I don't have much else. We'll move on to the Buffalo Bills. Oh, and going back to uh, oh yeah, another the guy. Cincinnati Bengals. They picked a quarterback. Granted, no namer. Logan Woodside out of Toledo. Yeah, uh, basically just so they had another quarterback on the roster. Hey, yeah, just get real here. He's going to replace Andy Dalton this year. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. The Bengals, Marvin Lewis. It's a whole shit show <laughs> every year with them. All right. Anyways, on to the Bills. Josh Allen. Yes. I would have been. If Josh Allen and Josh Rosen flipped, I still would be really happy with the outcome because Josh Allen needs more time behind the starter where Josh Rosen, I think, could learn on the fly here. But since Josh Allen was drafted by the Bills, it pretty much kills him. He literally has to learn behind A.J. McCarron. And who who even 
No one's if AJ McCarron is the starter come week one. Josh, they may want to just throw out the Josh Allen right away, which would be awful. So oh. I really hate this. I really hate hate this spot for him, and it would be hard for me to even spend a mid round pick on him. I, don't I wouldn't. Even, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even take him in the fourth because I still think I could get someone with equal value if they threw him out there right away or even year two. Honestly. Once you get to the fourth, fifth round, I think I'd rather take Loletta or uh, some some guys that you know are going to sit and you're going to learn. Like Loletta is going to learn from Eli Man, Mason Rudolph. Behind yeah, exactly. Ben. Yeah. So I would like like you said, I would much rather take those guys knowing that they're going to sit like Josh Allen needed to. Josh Allen needs to sit down and go rework his mechanics, work on his accuracy and then get put in. He, he can't just sit for a year and then get put in and ex- expect to succeed. Even if that weren't the case and whatever, he's ready to play. There's no fucking weapons there for him. Who's exactly. he got? Zay Jones. Yeah, and they have they no, trade away Charles Clay too. Yeah, they have and they have no no one. They have no time to build around him because he's going to be playing next year. So unless they're going to think they think they're going to have a free agent frenzy next year and bring in all this talent, he's not going to have any weapons when he is put in. He's going to be probably by next year. year. <laughs> he will be playing at some point this year. We just don't know one. God. All right. Uh, two other guys they drafted were wide receivers: Ray Ray McLeod, yep, from Clemson, and Austin Prohl out of UNC. The only guy out of those two that I think will do anything is Ray Ray. He was he's kind of that shiftier slot guy. In my he's opinion, he's a gadget guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Denver Broncos. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, with this pick. You got to expect if maybe not this year, but next year, either Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders is going to be let go. You don't take a wide receiver with his potential to have him be your third guy, not even the slot guy, but your third outside guy. Yeah. I mean, potentially they could start Sutton and Demarius Thomas on the outsides and well, try Eli on the, in the slot. I mean, Eli Emmanuel. Emmanuel in the slot, but I don't see enough production here to warrant. Well, I would still take him in the first round, but I don't see enough production here to make him a startable asset year one. No, he's not going to be a starter year one, but I do love this spot for Sutton. He's forced. He's not forced into being the main guy and he can learn from a guy like Demarius Thomas who's due $17 million next season and can be cut for $2.2 mil in dead cap. Yeah, I mean, learning going to be – that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Let's get real. Lear- learning from someone is always nice, but I think that's not enough to keep him at that wide receiver one spot where we had him in our rankings. I think him and DJ Moore flip-flopping this. Yes, I, I agree with that, but – by the end of careers, Sutton could be head over heels the number one guy. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things can happen during the course of the career. I just like the the production that DJ Moore is going to get in Carolina. All right, another guy drafted by the Broncos, Royce Freeman, running back out of Oregon. Now, this is a pick that I like. Granted, I said Royce Freeman is kind of a meh pick, but Denver kind of likes their meh running back so <laughs> right. it fits very well like and you can do a little bit of everything yeah. yeah and they need after cutting cj anderson they kind of needed to bring someone in because even though they like Devonte booker and they like d'angelo henderson i don't think they're completely sold on these guys they're gonna get 
Devontae Booker is going to get the first shot. And then it's going to be up to D'Angelo Henderson or Royce Freeman to battle it out for the second opportunity. Because I don't think Devontae Booker will be able to hold up all year. So I think if Royce Freeman wins out that second opportunity, I think he'll be able to capture that long term. I honestly don't think Devontae Booker's any good. And by the end of preseason, Royce Freeman will be the starting running back. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the spot for Royce Freeman. I don't like his superstar potential, but I still, I think because of his spot. Well, he's not going to be a superstar. Yeah. But you know who he's going to be? A Jonathan Seward. Yeah, we threw that As we said, earlier, yeah. yeah. But I, I still would take him because I think he is more. I, th- he's, I think he is better than Jonathan Stewart. So I think I would, would still spend an early first round. He's pick a little more of a receiver than yeah. Stewart ever was. So because of that, I think I'll spend an early first round pick on this guy. Yeah, he's probably going to go 105, 105, 106, 105 to 107 range. It all depends if you want a guy who could go out there and score a touchdown from any point on the field or if you want a guy who can give you 12 points every week. Yeah, and it depends what your league's. What the yeah, teammate scores and everything. So, all right, uh, next guy, Deshaun Hamilton, wide receiver out of Penn State. Yeah, again, this is another wide receiver that not all well, people like, but a lot of people didn't like. Well, there not, were a lot didn't of like, varying opinions. Yeah, I, I, I liked his potential. I thought he was a decent sleeper, but I don't like this spot because now that room, wide receiver room, is just too crowded. I hate this spot more for Deshaun Hamilton than I do for Cortland Sutton, just because that wide receiver room is jam-packed with people trying to make the field. Well, the thing is, he's another outside wide receiver, too, so unless they plan on cutting both of DT them. and Emmanuel after this season, I don't see him yeah. getting playing time for a couple of years. Yeah, I they're going to keep one, and I think they're going to keep Emmanuel Sanders because he's the most consistent wide receiver there. I think he he's more fit for the slot as well. Yeah. Granted, DT could develop into an older age and be that bigger slot guy too. So you never know. I no, also I, think they keep Emmanuel because he makes significantly less money. Yeah. But with Deshaun Hamilton, that's tough because I like him and I, but I don't, but I don't think I won't, I don't think I will touch him until Somewhere in the third, I think I'll take my shot at him. I won't take him in the second. There's too much, too many people there for me to take in the second. All right, let's move on to Troy Fumagalli, tight end of Wisconsin. Yes. I love this spot. They pretty much don't have a tight end. Can you name their tight end right now? Uh, Jeff than- Hoyerman and Jake Butt. Okay, so really, Troy Fumagalli needs to be at Jake Butt. Hoyerman's the projected starter right now. Okay. But I don't think that's going to happen. The only reason I know this is because I looked up the depth chart. <laughs> but I knew they had a couple guys there. But these, this team needs tight ends. And like we said multiple times, all Troy did in college was produce. He was the only weapon on, on a our terrible yeah. passing offense. He was our only weapon on our offense for the longest time other than our running back. And all that kid do, did was catch passes and score touchdowns. And I love that they took a chance on him. And I think that I would definitely take a chance on him right now because he does have year one starting potential in him. I I mean, I don't disagree. It all depends on how the depth chart falls, honestly. Yeah. Like I said, they have Hoyerman and Jake Butler. They're both young guys as well. It's just, it's going to be a three-way 
race for the starting tight end spot. Exactly. And that's and if the they best, even make up their mind. They could just flip-flop all three of them, which would really fucking suck. But the best thing about getting Choi Fumagalli is that you're not really wasting a high-round pick. You can get him in the fourth, fifth round. Well, he was going undrafted mocks before this. So. Yeah, but I think I would draft him just to know I had him. No, I, yeah, I know. So, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. he actually goes from being an undrafted guy to being drafted. Yeah. So he's definitely worth that spot, especially, like I said, I'll say this all the time. If you have that taxi squad, load that up with a lot of potential. Yes. Uh, another guy they drafted was David Williams, a running back out of Arkansas, a guy we didn't even have on our scouting. There's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of so. those guys. Um, so winners and losers here. I think the values of DT and Amanda Sanders slip slip just because they brought in those two wide receivers and because people don't know which one's going to be shipped off. Yeah. So when one is shipped off, the other one's going to go back up. But until then, they're going to remain about around the same. Yep. Um, I think the biggest winner here, and it's kind of my homer pick here, but I think the biggest winner is Troy Fumagalli, and I'll throw in Royce Freeman too because that was a great spot. Yeah, the only thing I have here, I don't have a winner, but I have Devontae Booker as the biggest loser. They took, first of all, they took two running backs, and one of them they drafted in the late oh, second. Shoot. I think so. Or was it early third? I don't remember exactly, but they're going to plan on using that guy. Yeah. Royce Freeman is going to get the workload, so I, I agree with you that Devontae Booker lost out. But I, I don't know how, how long it's going to take Royce Freeman to win out the well, starting And after right. C.J. Anderson got cut, everyone's like, oh, Booker, 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 let's... If you sold him, congrats. for a early second or late first. Yeah, but if you sold him, you're sitting really good. If you held on to him, I'd be pissing my pants right now. Yes. All right, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns. How now, brown cow? <laughs> Shut uh, the fuck up. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield... First player taken in the NFL draft. Yes. Um, I They took him too high. I didn't think he was a 101 by any means. But for what they want to do, you have Baker Mayfield who could go out and start right away if you really had to. They're, they're not even going to risk it. They're not they're even going to do it. They're going to let him sit down. They're going to give him that full year to. Finally a smart move by the fucking Browns. Yeah, I know, right? But they're going to give him that full year to really dig into that playbook and not only learn it, but master it. Because he doesn't really have to worry about going out and starting every week. All he needs to worry about is learning the plays. Well, Hugh Jackson also said he's going to start the season as the third quarterback on the depth chart. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. well, they did the same thing yeah. with Kaiser last year. Yeah. But I, like I said, I love this spot. And Baker Mayfield is going to be the first guy, first quarterback that I would think about selecting yes. easily. Yeah. Especially with all the weapons around. He, like you said, he gets a sip for a year. I'm looking for him to really impress in his sophomore season. Oh, yeah. he. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is going to make too much money next year for them to want to keep him, especially when they have Baker, who is going to take that job. That's how they drafted him number one. Mm-hmm. So he is going to definitely, is, he's just a, that one-year bridge, kind of like what Alex Smith was. And I think at the end of the year, when if Baker does get a couple starts under his, under his belt, you are going to have the same hype that Pat Mahomes had this year for Baker. Well, what I also like about the, what the Browns are doing with this is they're giving Tyrod the opportunity to show what he can do when he's got some talent around him. And he could potentially get another contract after this as well. Yeah. Um, Next guy, Nick Chubb, running back, Georgia. Yeah, I'm really, I'm not the biggest fan of the spot. Just because, again, there's so many running backs there. You have Carlos Hyde, you have Duke Johnson, and now you add in Chubb. 
But there's no doubting that Chubb is a really good running back. This could also fall really nice for him with Duke being a free agent after this year. And Hyde, he, I'm not sure how his deal works, but if they can somehow get out of his deal after the first year, where it's strictly Chubb time after. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could easily see that, see that playing out. I know it kind of, it's kind of like the Browns planned on doing this with first Baker Mayfield and then Nick Chubb, having them just sit there and learn the playbook and know what they're doing when they get the opportunity. Yep, that's why I kind of caught the feel of it. So I kind of, I still have Chubb as my one or three right now in rookie drafts, Same. just because. Even though you may have to wait for a, a year for him to produce, he is too good of a running back to let fall any farther. Well, another thing about it is another year away from that injury, maybe he's even more explosive. Exactly. Especially with and, NFL trainers and shit. And that's a full year of minimal wear and tear. It's not like he's with the Bulldogs anymore where he is getting majority of the carries. Or even there's, the 50%, 60%. Yeah, there's, there's minimal, you're going to be minimal wear and tear on that knee. So it's going to just be able to sit there. Rest up with the NFL training staff around now. Yep. All right, let's move on to their next offensive player drafted, Antonio Callaway. I'm surprised he even got drafted after that little weed smoking incident. I know, um, especially with all the extra baggage that they had, I thought he would have fell to the undrafted cat side of things. Maybe seventh rounder. Yeah. But for him to go ahead at ESB, what? Well, ESB slid quite a bit after they took him, so. Yes. Um. No, but I truly think that this is the best spot, not for his value, but for Antonio Callaway in general, in general, because you have a guy already on that team that went through the same shit in Josh Gordon and he battled through it. And he now he's back in the NFL. So he'll be able to kind of watch over him, give, you know, make I, sure I he stays on the street. Someone else in the Browns organization came out and said that. And they think this is the best yeah. spot. Look at what Josh Gordon was able to do. Because I think feel like we can control. Yeah. And Josh Gordon, you can tell Antonio Callaway that what you want to be what smoking pot. Yeah. What smoking pot actually did did how it affected him, and then how to really combat everything that he's going through right now, and focus everything on to playing on the field. So I really like the spot. I like the spot for his value because. Corey Coleman has been kind of disappointing, so this puts him in check. And I like the spot for him in general. All right, so when I talk about this, I'm going to give you my value on it instead of the Antonio Callaway part of it. Okay. For the goodness of him. I think that if it weren't for the million other receivers that are already there, including the guy that went out and signed free agency, Jeff Janis. <laughs> Uh, this would be a great spot for him. wouldn't call him a wide receiver. <laughs> Maybe the Browns move on from Coleman or even Gordon. I think Coleman still has two years left on his deal. Josh Gordon's done after this year. Maybe that gives him a chance for some PT if one of them's gone. The guy that they will move away from, especially if he gets hurt for a long period of time or doesn't really produce, and let's say Antonio Callaway really impressed all year, is going to be Corey Coleman. They're not going to give up Josh Gordon, especially because they have a full year to make up their mind. And Josh Gordon is the superior wide receiver in that case. Best receiver on that team. So they're not going to get rid of him if Josh Gordon doesn't want to leave. And I don't think Josh Gordon wants to leave because they gave him so many chances. Exactly. I think he wants to stay. I think he's a Cleveland guy, honestly. All right. uh, The next guy. What round would you take Antonio Callaway? 
I don't know. He's a lot of risk still, even being on the Browns in a good situation. Coming from a guy that already owns Josh Gordon, too. Yeah, I picked him up as a fucking (laughs) waiver wire. So would you wait for a waiver wire? This is a guy that I was was struggling with, so that's why I want to ask it. Maybe fifth round. See, I would I would take a I would take a chance on him if I was an early fourth, just because you're not finding a guy with that talent in that. Yeah, and range. I mean, that's where he was going in some of the mocks we did. He's going late third, early fourth. I think he slips even farther because of the landing spot and the weed right before the draft. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm stuck more early fifth. If I don't have a fifth, I'm gonna hope he goes undrafted and snag him up real quick. Okay. I was just wondering because this is a guy I was struggling with too. So, all right, uh, winners, losers for the Browns. Um, I think the loser short term is Nick Chubb. The loser long term is going to be Carlos Hyde, and the winner flat out is Baker Mayfield and whatever wide receivers stay there. Yep, I agree with their winners, but my loser straight up is Carlos Hyde. It was hard for him to find a deal this year. It ended up being with the Browns after how many other running backs signed contracts. And if somehow the Browns get out of his deal, it's going to be even harder for him next year. Yeah, he just needs to go out and show out. That's why I kind of don't like Chubb because I think he's going to be coming with that chip on the shoulder because not only was he looked over in free agency, but the team that he signed with went out and got a running back in the second round. Yeah. So. Not good news there. <laughs> no, not at all. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, Buccaneers. Um, they went out and drafted Ronald Jones in the second round. Yeah, actually, since, I mean, this was a guy that I kind of was cooling off on just because of what all happened this off this lack of what happened. Um, So I kind of cooled off on him, but going to a team that really, the running backs are Peyton Barber and Jaquiz Rogers. Yeah, I was actually high on any running back that would have landed there. I was praying and, it would have been Geis. You heard me yeah. when we were watching the draft. <laughs> I mean, that, like, Geis, Geis, Geis. <laughs> but for you, you were high on Rojo coming to this year. This is a, has to be a close second for you. Yeah. I'd, home run potential to pair him up with that whole offense, too. Yeah. That offense can score from anywhere on the field at any given time, whether it's a handoff or a pass. Oh, definitely. Definitely. With fucking Mike Evans and... D-Jax. D-Jax on the other side. This is definitely, it should be a high-scoring offense. Should be if Winston can get his head out of his ass. Yeah, and he stays uh, healthy. Yeah, but I think that it won't take Rojo long to beat out these bums ahead of him. So I think I'm going to take, I'm inching him up, but right now I have him at 105 through the 107 range. But I think that he could be bumped up to a 104. Yeah. I mean, depending on how the preseason goes, if you draft later, he could potentially move up to 103. I don't think he moves Geis out of 102. No, because Geis is also in a very good spot. So The only other offensive guy that they added worth worth note was Justin Watson, wide receiver out of Pennsylvania. He started gaining a lot of traction towards as it got closer to the draft. He had a very good pro day. That's what kind of boosted him. And I'm a pretty big fan of his. I do like After watching the tape. I never updated my rankings to toss him in it, but yeah, I do like him. I don't know where I would put him in my rankings, but he is in another. There's a lot of wide receivers in that room. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going to put here. So winners or losers, winners and losers. Well, obviously the winner here is Rojo. Yeah. Op- huge opportunity to start year one. 
we pick him. He has the potential to make an instant plug and play. Don't need to worry about him. He's going to get you some sort of points. It's not like you're, he's a second guy. And then you're trying. I'm to- just hoping they use him as the workhorse there, which might be kind of tough with his slender frame. I'm not sure about that. I don't think that'll happen. But really, if you think about it, I don't think you're really going to take him off the field for Peyton Barber. Yeah, I I was just going to I was just going to say that. Who are you going to put in besides him so that he may be the work, have the chance to be the workhorse this year. If it doesn't pan out, they go out and get someone to fill in. But we'll see what happens with that. But he's definitely a high potential pick, instant impact. So early first round. All right. You took the winner there who I agreed with. I'm going to go losers here. And I think it's Justin Watson and Chris Godwin. They're pretty similar players if you watch the tape. And they're already, and uh, Godwin was already fighting for playing time with Adam Humphreys in the mix, who they also re-signed. So I think it's going to be three guys competing for one spot, basically. Yeah, but Godwin really did produce at the end of the year. If he can when carry, Humphreys was hurt. Yeah, yes. if he can carry that over and, and make it. isn't playing a whole lot either. But if... Well, DJX is always going to get hurt for some time in the year. So if he can roll that over and have a productive a productive season and opportunities that he gets, I think it will be easy, easy for him to win that job. But if he goes out and falls on the face and leaves the door open, there's plenty of guys to take that spot. Yeah, I'm just going to put it out here right now. Those other receivers need DJX gone now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All yeah, right. They signed him for three, four that, years. It was, I think it was a four-year deal, but I think they have an out after this year. I'm not positive, though. All right, let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers, formerly known as the San Diego Chargers. (laughs) They're only... everybody knows. They have two guys. (laughs) Just just in case. Maybe we got some newbies. All right. um, Justin Jackson, running back at Northwestern, a guy I was really high on. Yes. uh, There was... Going into the draft, there was these rumors floating around that they were going to take a running back. Actually, Rojo was the guy. They flat out said they were looking at taking Rojo for to spell Melvin Gordon. Well, if you look at the running back, how the running backs just rolled off the board in the second round, I bet they're like, well, we don't want to invest that kind of. Yeah. I mean, they weren't going to take a second round pick on a guy that is going to sit behind our RB1 fantasy wise. Mm-hmm. So I think taking Justin Jackson here was smart for him because it does give him a viable second option or a pass catching option just so Melvin Gordon can go out, take a break and limit his nagging injuries that he likes to have. Yeah. That's what I have right here. I was going to say bye-bye Austin Eckler. I think by week three to five, somewhere in that range, Justin Jackson takes a spot as a complimentary back to Melvin. And with Melvin's injury concerns, he may even get a bigger role. Yeah, I was. I always viewed. I picked up Austin Eckler off of waivers last year, and I always viewed him as take him and try to sell him to the guy that had Melvin before his fifteen minutes of fame was up. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to do that, so I'm really happy about this. I but they were if pretty you high on Eckler, if you were hanging, if you're hanging on to Eckler because it did seem like they're pretty high on to him, you're fuming right now. I Mitchell. mean, maybe you're hoping that. Since the guy was a sixth, seventh round draft pick, then maybe it's just smoke, but you don't know. Justin Jackson is a very capable running back, though. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the shit that he did in college, he was one of the top rushers in Big Ten history. Yeah. And then, all right, let's move on. Another guy that 
they drafted, the Chargers drafted, was Dylan Cantrell, the big white boy out of Texas Tech. I like that pick. It kind of, I think it kind of smells the end, spells the end for Tyrell Williams there. Well, yeah, he's on that restricted free agent contract. I also think that Travis Benjamin's gone after, after this year. And yeah, that opens up a nice little room for him. Yeah, it definitely does. So, values here. Winners, losers, what you think? Obviously, the loser here is Austin Eckler. Yeah, um, like we already hit Yeah, on. Justin Jackson's going to take that second spot. Justin Jackson's going to take that second spot at some point this year. It's a matter of one. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's move on to the Colts. Uh, their earliest drafted offensive Playmaker is Naheem Hines. Yes, uh, this is a good spot for Naheem Hines. I could, he, he is going to go in and he'd steal some work from Aaron Mack there. Um, I kind of think it's going to be more of the passing down work that he's going to initially take from him. Um, and there's always that opportunity for him to fall in the running back by committee kind of stance, which would be good for him in his rookie year. He, for him, I mean, I like the spot. I think I'll take him somewhere in the second round there. Ooh, you're kind of high on him. But I guess you kind of have to be. I'm not exactly sure how he's going to work with Marlin. I think their passing, their pass-catching abilities are pretty similar. I mean, Naheem Hines is a little more shifty, quicker, obviously way faster. Yeah. But uh, I just don't know how it's going to work out like that. But I, I think... I think they're due for a running back by committee, especially with the other guy that they drafted, the other running back, Jordan Wilkins. I mean, Marlon Mack was never going to be a three-down guy. I don't just don't think he's built like that. Yeah, but the thing is, I thought he was going to be more of that third-down roll guy than the first and second-down guy. That's my thing with it. Yeah, I mean... As of now... I, 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 think, I think they work well together because I think they... Both excel like something different. I don't know. We'll see. I still think they go out there and sign either DeMarco Murray or CJ Anderson. I don't I see him just rolling with it. You do. Well, that's because you're a Mac owner. Yeah, but I mean if you sign CJ Anderson, I get it. But if you go sign on DeMarco Murray, I really don't get it because at that point you're only helping your team for that year and you really don't know what the status of your team is going to be this year, if you're going to be a contender or a pretender, because it all relies on one person and you should know, you know who I'm talking about. I mean, it's (laughs) yeah, luck, but I don't know. I think it's kind of like last year. You think they would have just said, bye Frank Gore. We're going to try out Marlon Mack, see what he's got. They never really, but that was, that that was Marlon, Marlon Mack's first year. Now with him going the second year, I think they're going to give him his opportunity. I don't know. I just feel like they would have given him a little bit more of an opportunity if they weren't going to, bring someone else in but let's move on let's that's this is not the time for that we'll see if it actually happens yeah right so uh they added two other receivers and another running back the running back i already hit on jordan wilkins running back out of mississippi and the wide receivers darius fountain wide receiver out of northern iowa and Deion kane wide receiver out of clemson fountain was getting some uh hype coming into the draft too though couple months before. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask my guy, Bryce Pop, what to expect about him. <laughs> right. Coaching over there at Northern Iowa. And then uh, Deion Kane, you know, wide receiver university. Worth a shot, right? <laughs> he was one of the top guys coming out of high school. Who knows? Maybe he'll be able to produce in the pros like he didn't at Clemson. Exactly. <clears throat> All right, so winners and losers here. 
Okay, so I kind of hit on this. Even with the addition of Hines, I still think Marlon Mack is the winner here because they could have fairly easily went out and took a running back in the first or second round, which would have initially just spelled doom for Marlon Mack there, but they didn't. So I think Marlon Mack comes out as the big winner there. I think the reason they didn't is because they had so many other needs, though. But I also agree with you. I think this helps Mack for now. Barring them signing someone, I mean, Mac is gonna as a, as it sits right now. Max is gonna Mac is really gonna get the first shot there. No, oh, yeah, and that's all you can really ask as an owner right now. So instead of just signing or drafting someone to be his immediate replacement, yeah. Um, like I said, I have Mac as the definite winner here. I do think he has to look out for Wilkins, and I think uh, Darius Fountain or Deion Kane may screw a little bit of Ryan Grant's value. I think one of them may step up and bump him down the totem pole a little bit. Yeah, that could happen. I don't see it. Ha- I mean, yeah, could fairly easily happen. Ryan Grant's not that. Good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, <laughs> I let that contract get to my head that first. <laughs> the first one, All right, let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Gallup out of Colorado State. Yes, this is the best spot for a wide receiver. That best spot for the wide. Going to get immediate yeah. playing time. He's going to be yeah. He's going to be a starter week one. They they don't have really. They have Terrence West. Terrence Williams. Well, yeah, Terrence, Terrence West. They have, they have Terrence Williams, who is, I don't, not that good. Yeah. <laughs> so I could see him going in there and getting a really good target share right away. So actually Gallup, I think it was my biggest riser. Yes. My rankings to this draft. I wasn't super high on him coming into it. I mean, I liked the guy. A lot of mocks had him going to the Packers, so that made me kind of like him. <laughs> so, I mean, going to the Cowboys, that's got to be a close second, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when if he would have went to the Packers, he probably still wouldn't have started year one. Oh, he here, I don't think he'd. Here, you'd know he's starting year one. So, I would definitely look to take him in the first round, probably mid-round there. Yeah, I would have honestly. I would have liked any wide receiver that was taken in the first couple rounds by Dallas. Yeah, to right. Be the guy. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, Bo Scarborough, running back out of Bama. Yeah, his he pretty much doesn't have any value just because they have Zeke. He's he may get a couple goal line works. I don't even know things there, but I don't think he, I think the only time he's getting in the game is when yeah. Zeke is straight gassed after he had thirty touches but the, that then, game. They really like Rod Smith, too. So I just have to see how it plays out. I'm not touching him in the draft. He is buried in Dallas. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it sucks for him. I was hoping he would have went somewhere to be a goal line back. Yeah. I mean, that's with him. That's the most you could really ask for. But with him being buried, it just kills him. All right. Uh, the tight end, Jason Winton's replacement here, Dalton Schultz. Tight end out of Stanford. Kind of has to be his replacement since they fucked him so hard. Yeah. He's like, you, if you're going to retire, well, we'll just wait until after the first round and then retire. A lot of people's <laughs> dicks are very hard over Rico, Rico Gathers. I don't get it. The guy hasn't played football. <laughs> he played a couple <laughs> preseason games and got a concussion. He hasn't played He's since. not even the favorite to get this starting job right now. I don't know. I actually like uh, Dalton Schultz. Word on the street is... Stanford's uh, head coach said that he's the, or maybe it wasn't head coach, one of the coaches there said that he's the best tight end that Stanford has had. And that's coming from a team that's had Kobe Fleener and Zach Ertz. Yeah. So that's some high praise. I mean, I don't think Dalton Schultz is anything special. I think they took him because they were forced to take him because of Jason Witten there. 
but I think he will be serviceable until they can get a tight end in there and take over that role. That just really makes me like him, though, is that the one of the Stanford coaches said that and where, with those guys. Where would you take him in the draft if you, you like him that much? Early fourth, mid fourth, somewhere. Okay, I was there. saying late third. So, oh, so you're even higher than I am on it. Well, he's, <laughs> he has a really good pot- potential to start year one. So I'm hoping to get like on a, with a late third. I'm hoping to get him on my team, have him have a couple solid games, and then maybe on my pick. Yeah. You know? All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, another guy they drafted was Cedric Wilson, wide receiver out of Boise State. Just building onto the wide receiver. I think this could be actually a sleeper pick. I really liked this guy's tape. Granted, he was supposed to be a burner. Didn't end up being a burner at the combine. So we'll see. But I I think he's got some sleeper potential. I mean, the door's wide open there. <laughs> There's no real clear yeah. cut number one. So And then um, Mike White, quarterback out of Western Kentucky. Yeah, not much there. A lot of people really like him. I still don't know because they like Dak and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so winners and losers based on these picks. Gallup is the biggest winner here because he's flat out going to start week one. And then I think you're going to hit on my second guy. So I'll yeah, you I put Gallup for sure. And then uh, Dalton Schultz, yep. just because he, who else do they have? Rico Gathers, like yeah. you said, but he's a concussion away from missing the, only, the whole season again. The only reason why I don't have him as my biggest winner there is because he's not a clear cut starter where Gallup is. Oh, okay. I can see it. All right, let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles, Super Bowl champs with all their douchey fans. <laughs> Grease up those light poles. It's honestly like not even being mean. It's just a stat. Oh, they live up. They live up to it, too. They, <laughs> they like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, they took Dallas Goddard, tight end out of South Dakota State. You know, what's really ironic about this pick is Jason Witten retired right before the draft that day. And who picked right behind Philly? The Cowgirls. Did the they move up in front of the Cowgirls? I thought they traded up. Maybe they, they, they could have. I, I think they did. <laughs> but I am a firm believer that Philadelphia took Dallas Goddard just to just fight <laughs> the fucking Cowboys. Just so the Cowboys could not take him. And Cowboys fans, you're going to fucking hate it. Philly fans, you're going to love it. And just because I'm a Packers fan, I fucking love it too. Way to fuck him over. <laughs> and way to draft a guy who's going to be useless for you for like four years. Yeah. <laughs> Just kill his value too for me, douchebags. Honestly, I hated this spot for the guy. He's probably going to be like a burden leave after his rookie contract after finally making some sort of comp- contribution in his final year on his contract. Well, how old is Ertz? He right will, now. by the time Goddard's contract is done, he will be turning 30. So there's potential there that they'd move at the age of 30, may decide to move on from Earth and keep Goddard if they play out their uh, full. I don't contract. know. Look at look at tight ends though. How how long do they play? I know, but if, if Goddard top ones, if Goddard if Goddard develops here, and they really like him, it's not out of the whim to think that they'll release Earth and roll with Goddard. All right. That's why I kind of like the spot because Goddard is a de- developmental piece. Playing at the small school there. Getting to learn behind Ertz is bad thing. Exactly. Now I'm always about it. a guy learning from one of the better guys at the position. Yes, too. this is just a pick that you're really going to have to be patient on. <laughs> it's patient. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know where to take him in the draft because his potential is so high. Honestly. But he's just down. Honestly, I'd let someone else draft him and then come year three when he still hasn't done anything. Hope he's either been dropped or try to trade peanuts for him. Yeah, I think that is your best bet as yes. of now. 
Unless you want to hold on to a guy for four years and not play. You really don't because even most taxi squads only last two to three years. I think most are two, but yes. All right, so let's move on to the Falcones, Atlanta Falcons. Calvin Ridley, wide receiver, Bama. Yes, I actually really like the spot for Calvin Ridley. I don't know how they're going to use him there. If he's going to be an outside guy, no, nope. inside guy, then where is Muhammad Sanu going to play? They'll move him they're going to try to move him to outside? He's played a little bit of both in his career. Okay. That's where he was playing last so, year because they had Taylor Gabriel yeah. in the slot. So he's going to be an instant starter. I like this spot because he is meeting back up with the alcoholic that was his offense coordinator in Alabama. Steve Sarkeesian. Yep. So, meeting up with the coach, kind of knows the system, should have a head start on things. I'll take him in the middle of the first year. Oh, you moved it up. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'm going to say this is probably his best spot. He's going to start year one and play opposite or in the slot with one of the best receivers in the NFL. Can't really complain playing opposite side of Julio. And Julio is probably like, if you don't draft this guy, I want to be traded because it's a Bama boy. Bama, 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 brr. <laughs> Roll time. Roll time. <laughs> All right. Uh, next guy, Ito Smith, running Burke. Running Burke. Running back out of uh, Southern Mississippi. Can we get a alarm drop in here? No. We don't have that. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> we don't have that technology yet. No, we don't have <laughs> soundboard. No. All right. This guy. Draft him, wait a year, and he's going to be one of the probably one of the best sleepers to come out of this draft. Because a lot next at the end of this year, who's going to be a free agent? My boy Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman's going to move on. All right, Edo Smith will then move in, take the role of Tevin Coleman, be the more of the receiving guy there, spell Devontae Freeman out more, and he's going to. Do pretty good in that spot, especially having a full year to bulk up, learn the system, get comfortable with the speed of everything. I like that a lot. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree at all. It's just another guy you're going to have to wait a year for. And a lot of people hate drafting a guy that they can't touch for a year. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the one thing. But I mean, usually third round picks, fourth round picks, that's what they are. Yeah, and with that, because I think he's going to be such a good sleeper, I would take him in the third. I know that's high for him, but I think he's going to be such a good sleeper coming out next year that it would be worth a risk, especially, well, way my team's set up, I'm pretty set at running backs. So if, you have, if you're pretty set at running backs and you just want to add on to him, take a shot at this guy. Don't disagree. Um, another guy they drafted was wide receiver Russell Gage out of LSU. Never even heard of the guy before, honestly. I heard of him. I just neglected to watch his tape because I thought they didn't pass the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what <laughs> tape? Yeah, right. <laughs> the three passes he had all year. Right. So, uh, winners, losers here. I think we both agree on this one. Um, yeah, Sanu is going to be the loser here with the addition of Ridley. Uh, I think if I was going to pick a winner, it was, would be Edo Smith and Calvin Ridley. Two rookies. Yeah, I, my winner's Ridley and my loser's Sanu. Yeah. Just because uh, I want to be take a, a guy that high. <laughs> All take right, the guy um, that high. You're going to start him. Let's move on to the New York football giants. Obviously, they took the number one, the 101, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's get real here. New York still needs to upgrade the O-line for him to, for Saquon to really show his true potential here. But 
There's no one challenging them for that spot. No one's going to be pushing them for work because they have that. They have straight shit behind them. So yeah, this Wayne is Gallman, Jonathan Stewart. Yeah. So I shouldn't even say this, but Saquon should be every, everybody's one on one easily. Yeah. In their drafts, someone's contemplating not taking Saquon. They probably should quit fantasy football forever. Yes. And then uh, their only other guy of note, Kyle Laletta, quarterback out of Richmond. Yeah, I like the spot for him. Sitting behind Eli Manning. Straight, yes. So value check, what you got? All right. I think the best spot, the biggest winner here, I'm trying to stay away from Saquon Barkley because he's everybody's it's winner. obvious. Yeah. So the biggest winner here is Kyle Loletta. He was a guy that a lot of people liked, the Patriots liked. And he just needed to sit behind a good quarterback and learn. And he's going to have that opportunity to sit behind Eli Manning. Well, I wouldn't call for, Eli good anymore, but I know what you mean. Yeah, here. but he's a knowledgeable quarterback. It's not like he's sitting behind A.J. McCarron. Yes. He's been through the ring and he won Super Bowls. He will have information to give to him. Yeah, I picked a little out of two. That's uh, about it. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Jacksonville. They took D.J. Chark. Yeah, I was uh I was kind of surprised about this pick, and it this is an awful spot for him. I was really I high agree. on him because yep. his pure athletic ability, but this is an awful spot for him just because they have so many guys ahead of him. I yep. don't know how Mon they're going to fit him in. Healing Cole, Dee Westbrook. The good Marcus thing Lee. is the good thing is is that Moncrief only signed that one year deal, so he will have that opportunity to start next year, I believe. Honestly, don't you think you could jump Moncrief this year? I have Moncrief is going to get the first shot, but yeah, you could jump him. Well, if Moncrief keeps playing like he's been playing, it's not going to be long till the guy gets kicked. Yeah, and I think he has a worse quarterback. And yes, I'm talking about Brissett. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Other guys of note, Tanner Lee, quarterback out of Nebraska. Trish. Yeah, I don't even know why the dude got drafted. All right, this guy's an undrafted free agent, the only one I put in just because I love him. Yeah, I don't know how Alan Lazard, wide receiver out of Iowa State, went undrafted. Yeah, that is a great pickup for him. He is buried, but I think after maybe one, two years of learning, he'll get a shot. So let him sit on that waiver wire for a little bit there. Six, five, not super slow. I mean, he's not fast. He's not a burner, but yeah. All right, so winners and losers. Um, my loser is actually D.D. Westbrook. There's been reports right after the draft that the Jaguars already moved him down to the fourth wide receiver on the depth chart. And they said that he would have to make drastic changes to his special team's ability to even see playing time. So I don't know what's going on there. And granted, this is just reports that I've heard. So if they have him as the four on the depth chart, that means Keelan Cole's the five. Not, not unless Keelan Cole could. Yeah. 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 I mean, unless, unless Keelan Cole was a third and they're slotting Chark at the fifth. I'm not positive here. I, I think that's what it would be. Yeah, like you the said, start. they like Keelan Cole. So I don't well, see I mean, him moving they, down to five. The guy, was it their head coach? Or, yeah, I think it was their head coach was asked about D.D. Westbrook and the guy spent five minutes talking about Keelan Cole. Yeah, I think <laughs> as it sits right now, it would be Marquise Lee. It'll be Moncrief okay. and then Keelan Cole. Cole in the slot. And right. my, I can see Moncrief, like you said, taking a little tumble too. Yeah, that's 
I have my losers here, Westbrook and Cole. I put they're already fighting for the slot position, even though I feel Cole had the edge up on him. But I feel like this just makes it tougher. Yeah, I definitely think. I mean, I understand why you put both of them in there because they do play the same spot. Yeah. But I think Cole's going to beat them out, so there's not much to worry about there. Okay, well that makes me feel a little better. A lot of he's, my, he's a talented kid. A lot he's of my coming in. Bottom bench guys have taken some <laughs> real fucking hits with this draft. It's yeah, pissing me off. All right, uh, let's move on to the Detroit Lions. They took Kirion Johnson over a handful of other backs, or maybe Chubb? just a couple. Didn't they take Kirion in the first? No, second. Oh, okay. That's, but oh, he no, was I'm thinking early second. Penny. Yeah, and then uh, who went after him? Geis, Rojo, one other guy, I want to say. Yeah, I, I'm drawing a blank right now on who went where. All right, so anyways, what do you think about Kirion? I actually love the landing spot there. This is a guy, this is a team that's looking for their next running back. Amir Abdullah, fucking piece of shit. Doesn't do anything. They're not going to make the team, but yeah. I don't think. Not going to make the team this Unless year. Unless they carry four running backs. Um, Theo Reddick is really only the pass-catching guy. Larry Garrett Blunt's old, may even only start three games before he's reduced to the goal line work. This is a really good spot for Kirion Johnson. Yeah, that's what I have for Kirion. I think he ends up being the between-the-20s runner, Theo being the receiver, and Blunt in the red zone. Yeah. Now, with my draft spot for him, I know you're going to disagree because I just saw we were picking a mock draft, but I have a mid-round first for him to take him. That's where I took him, mid-round. Took him in the fourth with the fourth pick. That was 106. Oh, shit. All right, I was thinking about different. <laughs> 106, All right, mid-first mid is right. <laughs> So uh, with that, how effective do you think Kirion will be in year one? Like I said, I look for the Lions to give Blunt the first crack at it for maybe three weeks. And you never know what you're going to get out of Blunt until he actually starts playing with the team. He's either going to be really good or he's going to be shitty like he, he usually is. Even if you look at the Eagles last year, it took him a little bit to get going. He really showed out in the playoffs, so that kind of saved his... Is, uh, and again, he's there. getting old too. Um, but I think I think Kirion Johnson is going to beat him out for that starting role. And like I said, Blunt's going to be limited to the short yardage and goal line work until next year, where Blunt's out and Kirion's just your three down guy. I still think he. I mean, Riddick Riddick yeah. is going to be playing in there too, but he's going to be shown a he's going to be the catching ability at Auburn either. Yeah, I meant they to I meant to, I meant to say. The main guy. Yeah. Obviously, you have to be a Riddick. They're not going to get rid of him. He's a viable option for them, and they like him. So, Yeah, I almost agree with you. I think that – but I think Kirion beats out Blunt before the season starts. Only thing is he's not going to score you a whole lot of touchdowns unless it's from outside of 20. Well, that's why I think they'll they'll like having Blunt too So for goal line and stuff like that. Then again, Kirion proved he's a fucking hammer when it gets down there, too. So maybe that's why they did it. Yeah, we like just got to learn a couple things, you know, my learning techniques. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Miami Dolphins, Mike Gesicki, your boy. Yes, and he landed in the best spot for a tight end to go. Yeah, he's going to be the Jarvis Landry of the Dolphins offense. And he has no one playing in front of him. Like, no one behind him either. I literally don't think they have another tight end on their team. I love it. Well, they do because they drafted one, but oh, the blocking guy. Yeah, yeah. But Mike Mike Kosecki, the Dolphins did not go wrong with this pick because he is an athletic freak. And what do you go? Just a few picks before Goddard, too. I want to say he was no Kosecki was a first round pick. Was he? Yeah. 
No, he wasn't. The Dolphins drafted Minka Fitzpatrick in the first. Oh, shit. No, he was a second round pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I thought. <laughs> I, yeah. I was just real upset the Packers didn't get him. <laughs> they weren't about to take a I was, like I was that, crying. That early. But no, he is extremely athletic. And after playing against Gronk for how many years, they really want to go out and get a guy like that and see what they can get out of him. All right. He's not the best blocker, but like you said, they. Fix that with their later pick in the draft because the guy that they took was probably one of the best blocking tight ends in the yeah, draft. Yeah, Durham Smythe is his name yep. out of Notre Dame. So this is the best spot for him. And I think now now people are looking at me crazy when I said he was a first-round pick. But now I think he's easily a first-round pick. Yeah, he's going late first, yeah. no doubt. Um, I think he could be the closest thing to what Evan Ingram did last year. And honestly, the Dolphins don't have much else for playmakers. Yeah, but it's going to be him and uh, Devontae Parker getting the targets. You hear that dead silence? Yeah. That was me blinking at BJ because he mentioned Devontae Parker. <laughs> I mean, who else are they going to give the ball? To? Oh, they have him. Well, I guess. Amendola I and guess. Albert Wilson will outplay Devontae Parker this year. That's a bold prediction, but we'll save that for another one. <laughs> Uh, the other guy they drafted, one of my favorite landing spots for a guy in this draft, Kalen Balage, landed with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and there's a really good spot for him, too. They have Drake there that played well for four games. I just don't think that they're that high on yeah. Drake. I no. think they're looking for a guy to replace him, and I think Balage can be that guy. Like, like I said, Drake played good for four games, and everybody loves him. And then them taking Kalen Balage, I think they shown that they're not sold on Jake like everybody else is. Now, Balaj has some things that he needs to work out to. He needs to be more productive. But I think he goes from being at Arizona State to being in the NFL, where I think they can teach him a lot. Miami's like the Arizona is the Arizona State of, of the, the NFL, NFL, but it's still the NFL, <laughs> still a difference. <laughs> but no, I like this spot for him. I think he'll get immediate work year one. I don't think he'll win all the job at any point in the year, but I think okay, I think he'll get immediate work. Yeah, I mean, Kalen Blage has the skills to be the starter. Look for him at the start to split time with Drake, but I think as the season goes on, they're going to see that Blage is more effective and he's going to get more work and more work. Or it eventually so. becomes a 60-40 split, 65-35 split, something like that. See, I just don't see how an unproductive running back in college can go on the NFL and just – be productive. Ah. So I think it's going to take some time for him if he is going to be productive. So I, that's why I'm saying he's not going to beat out Drake this year. So if you own Drake, you have one more year to sell him before he's doomed. I'd sell him before week six if I were you. But anyways, Blodge is a high second in my eyes. He, he, kinda, he took the John Kelly spot because John Kelly's well, shitty spot. And so, so what happened was Blodge was hyped up and then the combine happened. He stayed there. And then all of a sudden he just started falling more and more in mock drafts. And now I think this boosts him back up to even higher than he was before because yeah. of this landing spot. I mean, we just started our mock drafts for post NFL, NFL draft. So I'm kind of curious on where he's going to go. So I, in the ones I'm in, he's going with my first pick in the second. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I guess we got, got that time. answer. <laughs> so uh, winners, losers here. Um, the Dolphinos. Yeah, the biggest winner here is obviously Gasecki. 
week one starter should have a productive year. He's going to break that mold that's kind of been crumbling that rookie tight ends cannot be productive year one. Well, Ingram already did that, but let's like see if another guy it's can been, bring it in. It's been crumbling because there's been so many years where they haven't. That is not one player is going to do it. Yeah, you had you had Ingram and Kittle start to crumble that down. I think Kaseki's going to start doing the same. Yeah, I agree with Kaseki. Um, and loser the, is Drake, yes. and another winner I think is Balaz here. And I would say you could even say a winner is uh, Tannehill. Getting nice little weapon weapons. there at tight end, yeah, yeah, a guy that he can dish the ball to a hundred. Doesn't matter how times. bad you're throwing at the ball if you can throw it up there, Kaseki will go and get it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Packers. They took three wide receivers late in the draft, but yes. I feel like any three of them could end up being the next Packers wide receiver too. Yeah, here's the thing with the Packers pick. These are not Packers wide receivers. We do not pick these type of wide receivers. We don't pick big guys. We don't pick fast guys. We, pick, we don't pick big and fast guys. We pick small, slow guys. <laughs> so the fact that we went out and got a equanimous St. Brown, we got a Valdez Scantling, and we got a Jamon Moore is beyond me, and I'm really excited about it because we're adding a different facet to our team that has never been seen. I think one of these three, we just don't know which one is really going to benefit. All right. So let's talk uh, ESB first. Guy right. slipped very far in the draft, projected second, third round pick, told everyone he doesn't stretch and doesn't want to play special teams. Yeah. That's I, why I think, he fall to the sixth round. <laughs> I think he stretches. He may not, he may have said that he doesn't play special teams, but I think he stretches. You can't be that fast and just not. You're the one that told me he doesn't stretch. I, saw I heard the, it. I heard it. I saw oh, the part where he said he refused to play special teams. And I was like, <clears throat> oh, makes sense. But you're never going to get on the field for the Packers yeah. if that's the case. But I think this will be the first option on everybody to kind of take that spot because he is a name guy. He's not. I mean, he is my first option, but I'm root, <clears throat> I am rooting for someone else that they drafted to take that spot. But, yeah, he is 6'5", fast. Four four eight. I yep. believe it was. He has good hands, good route running ability. Uh, that is saying is the route running is one of the things that he lacks on. Uh, not from the chart I saw on Twitter. Twitter's always right too. I think that's more success of route, not Maybe. how good he is at running those routes. But in my eyes, I would take him low second. Um. Yeah, I have him. I think he has the highest ceiling of the group of receivers that the Packers drafted. I don't think he has the highest ceiling. I think he has the lowest floor. floor you don't think he has a high ceiling? No, I think the next guy has the highest. All ceiling. right, let's move on to the next guy, Marquez Valdez Scanling, wide receiver at South Florida. Yes, I think this guy has the highest ceiling because he has long, big arms. He is six four, and he was the second fastest uh, wide receiver in the combine. I think he was the second fastest player in the combine. That would be really impressive. Four point three seven seconds. Yes. Can you? Just say speed. <laughs> speed. Speed. He is, he is Jimmy Johnson. fast. But anyways, I think his ceiling is the highest out of all these guys. But the only reason why I don't have him ahead of Equinemius right now is because his floor is also the lowest. So you can either go out there and kill it or he may not even make the team. One thing is the guy's a blazer. Which, that's why I have this. Packers finally get a speedster. But he also has one of the worst verts in the whole combine. He barely broke 30 inches or of wide receivers at the combine. Yeah, but I think being that fast and that high, he can kind of make up for it. 
Maybe. I don't know. So man. you'll see what happens. It's kind of like they meshed up exactly what the perfect wide receiver would be and put him in three guys. guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the last guy, Jamon Moore. Um, I think he's the most NFL ready right now. Yeah, he's he's a little bit shorter, but his arms are longer. Six three and a half is not short. <laughs> well, he's shorter, but his arms are longer. He has a bare catch radius, and he's not the quickest either. So, yeah, he ran a four six at the combine, but he went to his pro day and ran a four four eight. He's mm-hmm. also the best leaper out of the group. I'm not exactly sure what his vert was, but I want to say it was high thirties. Okay, which. That's nice. Yeah. Very nice. nice. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to ask you a question here. Do the wide receivers in Green Bay have to watch their back? And whose value is the most affected in the wide receiver room? Um, Obviously, the wide receivers have to watch their back. This is a very talented trio of wide receivers that are going into the draft, the wide receiver room. And training camp. Yep. But OTAs. I think the guy that needs to really watch out more is Randall Cobb. Gmo does, but I think his spot's there. Randall Cobb needs to watch out because he is not very well liked up amongst us Packer fans. And he's been not producing where Gmo, every time he has, he's on the field, that's all he does. Yeah. And Gmo can also play the slot position. And then we just drafted three outside guys. So I think Cobb has something to worry about here. Yeah, I put Cobb definitely. <laughs> That's yeah. all there is to he, it. I he think definitely, Cobb, he, he's just hasn't done much for us lately. Like, the NFL is a what have you done for me lately thing. Yeah, yeah he did a lot of nothing. He had a couple of good games. That's about it. But I don't think Cobb will have really a lot to worry about year one. I think it's more year yeah, two. Yeah, um, we have a nice little out for him after this season, too. So yeah. I think he's safe for this year. Yeah. So I think it's more next year that he has to worry about one of these outside guys really showing up and GMO taking over that slot role. I know Cobb is not the healthiest guy either. So that's push may really start happening this year where he kind of starts getting phased out. We're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, all right. Let's move on. We spent quite a bit of time on the Packers. Uh, fourth, fifth, that. and sixth round <laughs> draft picks. Uh, Carolina Panthers, they selected DJ Moore in the first round. Yep. Um, this is a really good spot also. This, him getting drafted by the Panthers and being a week one starter has made me move him up to my wide receiver one in my rankings, moving Cortland Sun down to my two. I think I'll still keep both of them in my tier one category. But yes, I'm yes. just flip-flopping them in the positions there. Yeah, um, <laughs> DJ Moore is going to start year one. He's going to be the number two receiver. Uh, he's going to get immediate work, and I don't think Funchess is all that great, so he may even develop into the number one yeah. receiver. Uh, it's not going to be year one that he's going to do that, but definitely year two. I'm going to look at drafting him anywhere from 104 to 106. you got to get that trio of running backs off the board first. Yeah, I'd say he's 1-4, 1-5, 1-6. Depends. I don't know. The Once yeah. you get past 102, anyone really, can go anywhere. That's yeah, the thing. It's really just a mumble-jumble, but this is where I'm looking at. Just so you, you guys listening can base it off of what you're looking at and try to figure out the best situation for you. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Ian Thomas, a tight end. All right, so this is Greg Olson's replacement. A lot of people are saying that Ian Thomas could very well be the best tight end in this draft class in the long run. 
I think I think this is a really good spot for him because I don't necessarily believe that statement because of Gasecki being out there. But he'll have time to go out and learn under one of the better tight ends in the league where Gasecki is going out there and he is free balling it, man. <laughs> going out there being himself. So I think that learning ability under Greg Olson, it would be huge for Ian and Thomas. And I that's that's why I like this. Yeah, I did so. like Ian Thomas coming into the draft. I thought he was one of I think he was my number seven tight end in the class. And like you said, he gets to learn from one of the tight end greats of this generation. Yeah, that's huge. Now he is a tight end, so I wouldn't be looking for a tight end until like the third, fourth round. Probably yeah, well, and he's not immediate. Him, yeah, either. him is probably going to be like more like a fourth, fifth, because like you said, he's not. That's still late third, fourth. Otherwise, you're probably going to miss him. I mean, I would definitely do I don't a know. Uh, fourth, but if you fell to me in the fifth, I definitely, definitely would do it. All right, let's move on to the New England Patriots. Sony Michelle in the first round. <laughs> yep. Stunna. Just another body end to that, uh, add to that merry-go-round of running backs that they're going to have there. Um, I don't know how he's going to fit. I don't. No one knows how much workload he, he's going to have. I think they're going to go out and they're going to start with James White, and they're going to nah, mix Rex in. Burkhead. They're going to mix in everybody Rex else. Starting. I don't think so. They I signed I, him to a nice little even, money deal too. Yeah, but they also signed Gillisley to a nice little deal last nah, year. No, that wasn't much. That was a nice deal for Gillespie. Uh, I don't know. I The only thing that I'm really worried about with Sony Michelle here is Bill Belichick will bench a guy for a whole season over one fumble. Sony Michelle had when a fuck- six running backs. It's kind of easy. Sony Michelle had a fuck ton of fumbles in his four, was it five years? Four years with Georgia. So I don't know how that's going to work out for him. Yeah, I don't like that. I just, in general, I don't like the spot for him. It kind of kills his value. In some mock drafts, I still see him going decently high out there, but I don't think well, There's a couple guys out there who still have him as the 102. Yeah, I wouldn't do that whatsoever. Bad call. <laughs> hey, ref, that's a bad call. It's a technical foul. <laughs> All right, so some other guys they drafted. Uh, Braxton Berrios. Wide receiver, Miami. Uh, Danny Etling, quarterback, LSU. Purdue transfer. And then uh, Ryan Izzo, tight end at a fuck shit up. <laughs> fuck shit up university. No, there wasn't a second U. I couldn't say university. Oh, no, fuck. Yeah. So just out of fuck shit up. Florida <laughs> State. Uh, did the Patriots just kill Sony's value? Um, I think you have some really productive games. I'm worried about it because I'm an anti-Patriot running back guy. Because like you said... One fumble, and then you have what was your RB1 on the bench for the rest of the fucking year. (laughs) So I am hating this spot. I think you'll be a productive guy. It may take him a few years to kind of get the trust in him, kind of like what James White had to do to get the trust from Bill Belichick. But if you're going to take him, you got to be patient. And But when you're taking a guy as high as he's going, you don't like to be patient. So that's why I'm just going to stay away from him if I can. I don't like this spot, but I don't think it's as bad as what everyone thinks it's going to be. Usually the Patriots have, like you said, six running backs who all make league minimum. So Belichick doesn't give a fuck about who's playing or maybe not league minimum, but smaller deals. Yeah. Now they're investing a first round draft pick into it. I think that they're going to be a little more lenient on them. Give him a little bit longer of a leash. 
Bill Belichick gives I'm a fuck. I'm still very scared Bill of all Belichick those issues. No. He's had his best cornerback in the Super Bowl, Mitch. Do you think he gives a shit about a first-round pick? Well, yeah, that guy was undrafted, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. The Oakland Raiders. Yeah, really not much to talk here. Yeah, Marcel Aitman. He is just stuck behind Jordy, Martellus Bryant, Amari Cooper, so, Seth Roberts. Yeah. Well, they're trying to sit trade Seth Roberts. So that might be a decent bump for I him. Still don't know where I Marcel's still, gonna play. Yeah, there. I don't see I don't see where they he falls. There are two outside there. guys, and this guy's an outside guy. Yeah, I don't see where he falls there. Yeah, so I put wrote uh nothing to note here. Move on. <laughs> no, thanks for telling us exactly what you wrote. I always do that. Uh all right. Los Angeles Rams. My yeah. boy John Kelly. Got the death penalty. This was the most heartbreaking pick because me and you were both high on him, so I don't know why you're just calling him your boy. Well, I'm the one who told <laughs> you to watch more tape on him because you did have him lower at the start. I did, but that's also because I was really high on Mark Walton. Well, also got like a And now sentence. I got fucked. Yes, John Kelly, the worst spot, a running back with his potential could go. So the best bet here... He is a primetime handcuff to Tiger. <laughs> That's the best thing you can get out of him until something happens. I'm going to look on the positive side here, okay? It might just be because I'm a John Kelly lover, but I could see him getting a little work, you know, to keep Todd healthy, keep him off the field. Plus, with the Rams having the number one scoring offense last year, and really just beefing the fuck out of their defense this year. Maybe they're blowing out teams by the half and he gets a whole half of work. <laughs> I, mean, I, could, I could see him getting the work to, like you said, give Tiger really a break because they definitely don't want him to get hurt. And But John I don't Kelly, think it's going to be enough for him to be fantasy relevant. No, I'm just saying this is best case scenario. Yeah. John Kelly is also one hell of a receiving back, so maybe they... I don't know. So was Todd last year. So I don't. Yeah. Know. I don't Todd, know. It's gonna be hard to get any work behind Todd, but I do think he'll carve out something. That's about it, though. All right, we're at almost an hour and a half here, so let's just keep her moving. Yes. In. All right. We're gonna move on to the Ravens. They drafted two tight ends. Well, we'll put them together because okay. we can kind of counterpoint. Yep. Them. Uh, Hayden Hurst out of South Carolina. They took him in the first round. Wow. Yes. And then uh, Mark Andrews, tight end out of Oklahoma. All right. I'm going to put it this way. Hayden Hurst, you're going to want short-term. Mark Andrews, you're going to want long-term. Yep. Hayden Hurst is going to get the first opportunity. They have no tight ends, so he's going to have a somewhat productive year. But me, I'm more looking towards Mark Andrews because I want the guy that's going to give me points for more than one year. Well, Mark Andrews is almost a whole college career younger than Hayden Hurst. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Hayden Hurst also went and played baseball and pitched and blew his composure. So, yes. So, I don't like Hayden Hurst. I don't even think I'm still going to touch him. Maybe this is going to be a starter. I'd go Mark Andrews here. You can probably get him you definitely get him later, maybe yeah. half a round later. You'll get him later later than Her- Hayden Hurst, and he'll give you a lot better value. And then uh, another one of my guys, I hated this spot originally for him, Lamar Jackson. See, I... I, I was with you. I didn't like the spot at first, too. Well, only because the Ravens are just such a shithole organization. Yeah. I don't know. They just won a Super Bowl not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> but if you really 
get down to it and think about it, it's probably one of his better landing spots because he can actually sit down and even though he is a good pass passer, he can really start to make that an excelling point where he's not just up. Not, I'm not saying all legs, but known for his legs where he, when he starts in the NFL, will be known for it. Did you own. hear the report where he ran a four three four forty? Yes, I did. That's fucking insane. But uh, I, uh, the more I look at it, the more I like it. He has Mike Vick's guy there, the guy who made Mike Vick what he was. That's probably why they took him. Yeah, to be honest, I, so so and like you said, he gets to sit for at least a year, maybe two. But I could also see them crapping on Flacco at the end of the season. Maybe it's a they're gonna take the first chance they get to get out of that contract. <laughs> yeah, they paid him because he was elite, elite Joe Flacco, Super Bowl winner. Yeah, all right, amazing uh, what a Super Bowl can get you. Two other guys they drafted wide receivers: uh, Jaleel Scott and Jordan Lasley. I don't think much Jordan Lasley. I kind of like Jaleel Scott. Yeah, I I like Jaleel Lasley more than. I mean, Jordan Lasley over Julio Scott. So really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe because Rosie made him look good, but. All right. So in the long run, who has the most fantasy impact out of all of these guys? Lamar Jackson. When he gets his his chance, I think he's going to jump on it and really excel. So I'm just going to say what I always say. Lamar Jackson. I should have picked someone else because I should have known you were going to say that. (laughs) Duh. All right, let's move on. Washington Redskins, they drafted Darius Geis, the seventh running back off the board. Yep, even though he slipped, I still think this is one of the better spots he could land in because he is going to – he's probably going to start week one. Let's get real here. Yeah, he definitely will. He can't beat out Fat Rob and Samaje P. Ryan. I don't <laughs> There's know. There's something wrong with you. But with him starting week one, he's still going to miss some downs because of Chris Thompson. Yeah. But that's minimal. So I definitely think he's still easily your 102 just because he is going to have a guaranteed role this season. Yeah, and the only reason he fell was because of some fake-ass report or even made by the Redskins. Probably made by the Redskins. That, uh, what's the guy's name? Hugh Laurie? Is that the GM for the Eagles? Oh, oh they've gotten in a shouting match? Yeah, yeah, and then he came out on Twitter and said, that's a bunch of bullshit that never fucking happened. And then Geis retweeted and said, yeah, but when I said it, no one fucking believed me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Geis. Um, I liked him going into everything. Obviously, he was my second running back. But he's going to stay there. Don't let this slip in that draft. He's your easy 102 yeah. in rookie drafts. Another guy they drafted, Mr. Relevant, Trey, Trey Quinn. Quinn. Yeah, uh, I like that Sutton's one, other guy, the guy who led his team in receiving. Yeah, I like that one, though. If I was Trey Quinn, I was probably hoped that I wasn't getting drafted so I could choose where I was going. But Instead of being fucked by the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, the Redskins guy. Red, Redskins, wow, yeah. Duh. God damn it, guy. Wow, I was on the last one, my B. Uh, what happened to the value of Chris Thompson? Um, it definitely took a hit. He's not going to have those outrageous games that he had last year just because he's not going to be on the field as much because of guys being there. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be forced to be on the field that much. He shouldn't be on the field that much. Otherwise, he'll get hurt. You saw what happened last year. So I think that will work in his favor and your team's long-term favor for him not being on the field that much. But his value is going to take a hit. Yeah, I see him in passing down situations only, really. Yeah. That's about it. 
All right, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. Traquan Smith was drafted by them. All right, so whenever you're drafted by a team that has a premier quarterback, your value is going to go up a lot. And I like this guy a lot. You know this. I like this guy a lot going into this whole thing because of his catch radius, his leaping ability, he has good speed, everything like that. A little bit of everything. But I know you said it when he got drafted that that was the death of Cam Meredith. And I thought about it, and I, I do not see it that I way. I changed my mind on that, too. I could, I could see Tracon Smith sliding in alongside Mike Thomas and then having Cam Meredith in the, running the slot. No, once I thought about it, uh, last year Michael Thomas played the majority in the slot except for in two receiver sets, which how often do the Saints actually run two receiver sets, even with their dual running backs? Not often. No, yeah. that's the case. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think it adds the perfect wide receiver to be the other outside guy with Drew Brees at the helm. Yeah. Before before all of this, I know he was going undrafted in a lot of mocks. Well, not a lot, but in some mocks, he was going undrafted before the draft. Not the ones we were doing. Not the ones we were doing, but I've seen it on like Twitter. Okay. I was yeah, I'm a Twitter troll. But uh and I, when I was watching that, I was kind of hoping, like, I have a fourth-round pick, and I was hoping you would fall to me, and that's just not going to happen anymore because if I had a late second-round pick and I want a high upside wide receiver. On the Saints. On the Saints. Passing yep, offense. right there. All that's right. your guy. Another guy they drafted, uh, Boston Scott, running back out of Louisiana Tech. I think they're just getting a body as their third guy in case someone gets hurt. Yeah. Um, We kind of hit on this one, yeah. so we'll just skip that. Well, Again, Cam Meredith's value is not gonna go down much because of this. They're gonna get him in there. So yeah, if you have them, keep them. All right, let's move on to the Sea Chickens. They took Rashad Penny way, way too early. early. Yep, way too early. They do. I guess something came out today. They do view him as a three down back. So I guess I would want you to take him. But I don't see how you take him over a guy like Geis or Chubb. If you need, especially when Geis and Chubb are more your prototypical Seahawks running backs, like the guys that will take it yeah, and be a bruiser. So maybe they're trying to go in a different direction with, with this. I'm not sure. I'm not thrilled I, with their spot because their offensive line is still fucking shit. They've done absolutely wow, nothing. Steal my thunder coming on. Right, it's literally right there. But it's they've literally done nothing to help their offensive line. So he, but he still is an early. Stop reading it. He is still an early first round pick for me. So I don't know. I like I have in my notes. I'm scared of any running back that goes to the Seahawks. If you look back to Marshawn Lynch, even his last year there, every running back they have gets hurt within four games, five games. Yeah, they just can't find a guy that's healthy. They have a shit old line. And they did almost nothing in this draft to help it. Yep. If anything. All right. Some other guys they drafted. Will Disley, tight end out of Washington, and Alex Magoo. 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 I'm going to just call him Magoo. <laughs> I know it's not in there, but I just want to throw this out. The biggest loser is probably CJ Procise and Chris Carson. Yep. Easily. I mean, I could still see Chris getting a little work, but I think CJ Procise's value done is through the 
floor. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Steelers. They took James Washington. I mean, there's really nothing. <laughs> there's really nothing to be mad about about this spot for him because the Steelers are way too good at drafting wide receivers. They always try to have three receivers. So, and it makes it even better that uh, the guy from college may be jumping in after Big Ben. So that always helps out. So I like him. He's a first round talent for me, late first round talent for me. But yeah, I have him. Uh, I have him as more of an early two guy. I really love this spot though. We'll really be able to see if Juju pulls what most other wide receivers have done in Pittsburgh before him, which is have one big year and then fade to black. Or if he's for real. Do you do you think Juju's gonna stay in the slot there? And they're gonna yes. start James Washington. James Washington. Well, I mean, maybe in two receiver sets, Juju takes over. But in three receiver sets, Juju will be the slot guy. James because Washington I was, is an outside receiver. I was curious how they're gonna work that if James Washington was gonna be the main outside guy. So that's, that's how it'll work. It's kind of like the same situation where in three receiver sets, they move Michael Thomas to the slot and yeah. in two receiver sets, he plays outside. Either way, he's going to get a good amount of work this year. So other guys, they took uh, Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma state quarterback and Jalen Samuels running back tight end. And on another thing I saw, he was listed as a fullback. So who knows what the fuck he does. He is an athlete. <laughs> Can we just he name is that? an athlete. <laughs> All right. So uh, is Mason Rudolph a good taxi squad stash? Definitely. Or even in deep bench leagues if you don't have a taxi yeah, squad? Definitely. Um, Big Ben, what, he has maybe two years left? I don't know. He talks retirement every yeah. season. So so you may have two years left in the league. I'm, I'm going to say he's gone in two years. So with them... Pairing him up with a guy that he's already comfortable with, I think this is one of your better quarterback stashes right behind Kyle Loretto. Yeah, they're pretty equal to me. Yeah. They both get to sit behind a proven starter. Yep, this is probably the second and third. I think I'd take spots. Rudolph over Loretto just because of the weapons. Do you, well, maybe not. Loretta has OBJ. Yeah, I don't know. Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley. They're pretty similar, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Look at it. No, they're well, both in really good spots. It's hard to choose between them. I would just take. Maybe I would go Loretta because his guys are younger. Yes, because OBJ is 24. Yeah. So I'm going Loretta because Antonio Brown's already 30. I think uh, Mason Rudolph's a little more NFL ready than Loretta. Yeah, that's but one thing. But we'll see. We'll see how they pan out. When it depends they get there. when they have to take over. Hopefully, if it's not even for the another next two guy, to three years. If they're even the next guys up. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Houston Texans, and we're almost done. Three teams left, and two of them have nothing. <laughs> uh, Houston Texans with their first pick in the draft. It was a third rounder. Yeah. It. They took uh, Jordan. Atkins, tight end out of UCF. Yeah, I was. I like this guy coming into everything. I kind of cooled off on on him in in between it all because a lot of guys kind of sit out in the tight end spot for me. But uh, this is a really good landing spot for him. They just had Fedorowitz retire. I know they have one guy. I forgot his name that they really like. Another guy who's always fucking hurt. Yeah, <laughs> but I think Jordan Atkins has a decent potential to go out there and start Week One. Not not week one, but probably 
not even halfway through the year. I have it as so. week one. I see him being the starting tight end for the whole season. So I think I think if you really needed a tight end, you could take him in the fourth, fifth round. But I'd probably wait because he'd probably go undrafted if you draft before the preseason. Maybe I don't know. They've all they're always looking for a tight end there in Houston, and their tight end usually does something. Yeah, no matter if it's like their. 10th tight end on the roster because they go through so many every year, but <laughs> right. I don't know. It's, it's a good spot for them. Like you said, they always produce. So, all right, uh, let's move on. Kiki Kuti, Texas Tech. Yeah, he's a nice addition to their wide receiver core. He's probably going to be the third option behind Kyler Fuller. Do you see anybody? Will Fuller. Yeah, Kyle, yeah, Will Fuller. Yeah, all I have here is I think that he moves into the slot role because Braxton Miller hasn't done shit since he came into the Yeah, NFL. he's definitely taking Braxton Miller's spot. I'll be looking for Kiki in the third round. Probably won't get him there, but. Then another guy they drafted was uh, Jordan Thomas, another tight end. I actually kind of liked this guy. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, I, I did too, but again, they're just trying to get as many tight ends as they can get. All right, then the Tennessee Titans, they took uh, Luke Falk, quarterback. Yep, really nothing to talk about. Mariota's guy, that's never going to change. Yeah, concur. And then last, the Minnesota Vikings took Tyler Conklin, tight end out of Central Michigan. I actually kind of like this guy, but he's going to have to wait a couple years. More than a couple if you, with your take on uh, Ertz. No, because Rudolph's a little older, and I think his contract's coming up. Yeah, but I, I think, think Rudolph's uh, already 32, 33. Really? Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe he's not quite that old, but he's in his 30s. Okay. Yeah, maybe this would be a nice little transition period. Yeah. All right. That's all of them. Oh, my God. Thank you. My ass is starting to hurt from this chair. I know. Chair. Hour and 41 minutes. Uh, let's tell them where to find us at. <laughs> For once. <laughs> we didn't give it to you in the middle and the end. You get it one time. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Mitch uh, at NSFW underscore DFF Mitch, BJ at NSFW underscore DFF BJ, our main account at NSFW underscore DFF, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Anchor, Play Radio. All you have to do is type in NSFW Dynasty and it'll probably pop up. Yeah. Dynasty Podcast, if you really want to get specific. Or Dynasty FF Podcast. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, Something like that. We're going to get the fuck out because this was a fucking long one. All right. Thanks for listening. If you listen through the whole thing, probably not. Hopefully you learned something. <laughs> Later.